Cool, Eric. Finally, we have you on TBD Beyond the Basement. I know we've had our uh, back and forth over the last few weeks trying to get you on and between our diaries and your diaries, things just didn't work out, but here we are now. Um, So for those listening, we've got Eric Landre on. Uh, He is the founder of Carta. So Eric, I suppose first things first, what is Carta and how did the business come about? So Carta is an agency that helps brands activate and uh, within virtual worlds and video games basically creating uh, playable experiential marketing inside the metaverse. So my background, if I go way back, is in nightlife and events. Basically, I started out with overambitious house parties as a teenager that turned into uh, to a, a career in nightlife and then event marketing. About eight, nine years ago, I, came, I, I got my first jobs within the world of esports. I was tasked to, to sort out the really bad parties, uh, bad after parties that were thrown at uh, esports events. Yeah, you can imagine how bad they were, right? So basically, I, uh, back in 2012, 2013, I was working with Twitch and DreamHack to sort out their after parties. And I fell in love with the world of esports. And I knew I had to be a part of it. I've always been very passionate about, you know, and I, this was like, you know, the biggest thing. So when I met Sam Matthews, the founder of Fnatic, was like, you know, dude, you should come, you should move to London and come work with me. I knew I had to go for that, right? Uh, so for the last five years, I've been head of events at Fnatic. So I've been doing experiential marketing, mostly in the real world, a few virtual events as well. But basically what happened was, I don't know if you noticed, but there was this pandemic and uh, when you have events in your title uh, your yeah. life kind of changes a lot i mean it changes for everyone but yeah from from a work perspective my everything i was doing was sort of shut down so i started looking at virtual events and what had been done in counter strike and other other platforms and then i came across what was happening especially with fortnite and roblox which are two of the absolute biggest video games on the planet and uh, how they basically are going from a product sales or in you know selling uh, in-game items model to a platform model where they elevate all their users to into co-creators and basically my eyes open to the this new democratization of virtual worlds where anyone and everyone and every brand uh, can express uh, themselves and create experiential marketing that has limitless scale. Which, when you come from a background of, of you know, I'm a I'm a marketeer at heart. I love I've loved marketing. My dad's a copywriter. It's you know, it's very natural to me. Uh, nice. And I, I'm a decent copywriter myself. But my favorite medium is experiences because I think it's just yeah. it's just the, the most fun and and you get to sort of have the most impact. And I think what, what's great about experiences is uh, that they leave you with, uh, you know, they, they're punchier. They, they leave longer lasting impressions. If you get your audience involved in your event, they are going to have a stronger uh, memory of your marketing message and your brand and your products than if they watched an ad or saw a billboard, right? But the, the negative side of, of experiential marketing is that you reach a very limited amount of people, right? And it costs a lot. And yeah, now we're with these platforms, basically we yeah we can create experiential marketing that can that can reach millions and millions, and it doesn't have to be stupidly expensive. Uh, so yeah, it's it's super exciting. 
I love it. Um, we have a, a very similar background. I'm from the event uh, background as well and <clears throat> used to do all the pre-match entertainment in the stadiums before rugby and things like that. And um, to your last point there uh, about reach and audience in experiential events, I had an old boss say in a meeting one day, he was just sick of spending so much money for parties for two to 300 people. It was just getting on his nerves so much and there, you know, kind of forced us to have a look at, right, totally get that. How can we deliver the same level of engagement um, and interactivity that comes with experiential, but on a much bigger scale? And we didn't crack that. But what you're talking about there, you're dead right. You know, if we look at uh, roadblocks, um, activation for Nike makes so much sense. So you're onto something good. I, I hope so. And I think in general, you know, every change in the behaviors of brands and how, how they market themselves and uh, how they connect with their audience, it's always about them following their audience, right? Basically, when people move to new platforms and new mediums, the brands have to follow. And in the future, definitely, people will spend their time inside of video games and virtual worlds. And then the brands are going to have to be there. It will be a necessity because right now, you know, Gen Z is already spending more time inside of video games than they do on social media. These places that until recently, they weren't, uh, you know, were places where the brands could, could not interact with them, right? So this is why, you know, yeah, all of this new, you know, opportunities are so exciting that, and, you know, for me, it's, it's about being part of like shaping this new media. Yeah. The, it's like, you know, working with music videos back in the 80s or something. You Pioneer, know, absolutely. Brand new or working with, with uh, Facebook marketing back in 2008, and to, which I'm sure a lot of people that's listening might relate to that. That, that was like, uh, you know, oh, we have this new amazing tools and we can be creative and have fun with it. You know, uh, yeah, we have the births of the apps. And, uh, and I think this is the next big shift. Which, yeah. You know, the whole metaverse uh, this massive mega uh, buzzword is sort of uh, yeah. So we're, we'll we'll tap into that now for a second. So I know NFT is the Collins Dictionary word of the year, and I think if if Facebook had have announced Meta earlier in the year, I'd say Metaverse would have been the the word of the year. We hear it all the time now, and I don't know if that's because we're exposed to the industry, but let's just take a, a little step back, and you might just explain in 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 your words what metaverse is and how your business Carta interacts with the metaverse and then how brands can potentially be part of the metaverse as well i think basically as as i see it is that basically you know yeah it's the the next big shift and the next big change in how we live our lives and that is it it's basically how virtual worlds and video games Previously, they were only for entertainment, right? They were only for having fun on your own playing Super Mario. Then, you know, over the, the last uh, 10 years, they have become social spaces and basically places where they play the same role in people's life as uh, the pub or the football stadium or, or the beach, you know, somewhere to meet your friends and hang out. The next evolution is that uh, virtual worlds and video games will be where you live, you know, all aspects of your life. So I'll... Uh, Hundreds of millions of people will do their jobs in there. People will get their educations in these worlds. Uh, people will do their shopping. And basically, and this is already true. If, if you're growing up now as a kid, you're living your life on Roblox. You're already an owning digital items inside of Roblox, owning a cool jacket in, in for your Roblox avatar or having a cool 
brand jacket uh, on in real life. There's absolutely no difference. That's just having something cool because basically yeah, your your life online, it's just one and the same. It's just one one life. It sounds like you're reading from some sort of a sci-fi script, but it, it's actually, it's happening. We're at, the, we're at the very start of this. And I think for a lot of people, you know, who are working on brands, the same cynicism applies to the metaverse now for a lot of individuals in decision-making positions as did when when facebook and all that emerged so where people who are in these decision-making positions for brands can easily part with large amounts of money for facebook advertising instagram advertising etc yeah what 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 do you think you might tell them to help them understand the shift in in their marketing spend into something like the metaverse I think it's about like, just look at your demographics. I think that's uh, as simple as as it is. Where are they? If you find out that the people that you're trying to reach, that you're selling to, are spending time, more time, because basically if you spend a lot of time inside of video games, that means that you're not spending time elsewhere, right? Because we only have 24 hours a day and limited leisure time then you should be where they are, right? It's as simple as that. And you can. That's the big difference. That That is also what has happened. There's a lot of movements that is building the metaverse, but one of those big things is that previously games were walled gardens where basically if you wanted to put your brand inside of a game, it would be a year and a half long process with armies of lawyers. But now Fortnite and Roblox are just access, access, accessible to, to you and your brand uh, as YouTube or Instagram or Facebook is as platforms to create marketing. And they are getting increasingly good as places, right? So, but yeah, what I usually tell clients about this whole opportunity is that you can look at it in the short term. It's a chance to amplify things you're already doing. You can, if you have a big TV campaign, add a virtual experience to that, that place, that place has the same messaging and that's pushing the same, you know, narrative. And it's something to add on to your big TV, big, uh, you know, uh, billboard campaign, whatever you're doing, or your big partnership with that uh, amazing football club. And, And you're activating that inside of Fortnite and you're bringing it to life and getting more eyeballs on it. On a long term level i think yeah if you're selling to to an audience that is spending their time inside of these uh, worlds then you should think of building a long-term presence right this goes without saying and and then you can look at this opportunity as basically fortnite is a new channel for you Uh, roblox is a new channel for you uh decentraland or the sandbox is a new channel for you to uh, build and build a following on just the way you do uh, when with your instagram or your your uh, YouTube channel. And then, yeah, I mean, then you have the also that, yeah, digital ownership and monetization, you know, this is just going to grow in importance. And I think it's a bit of a shift in value as well, that like young people of today, they don't want to buy a, you know, a sports car. That's, that's like you're just putting more money into boomers' hands, you know, like uh, they want to have a, a crypto punk, which costs as much as a Ferrari, you know. That's their status symbols. And I think it was JP Morgan that just, they think the luxury industry will be uh, 10% in 2030 will be digital items. Like maybe that's even low. Basically, this is also an opportunity to monetize your brand, monetize your following and monetize the customers you already have 
uh, in new and exciting ways. Wow, that's a really good point there about the Ferrari was the status symbol of, you know, uh, maybe a past generation. And if we're looking at the Gen Zs coming up, who are potentially going to be the ones working in the tech industries and earning a lot of money, what what is going to be their version of luxury? And I think there's going to be, as you said, a slight rebellion against maybe the the boomer status symbols into things that that they're creating and that they're shaping, like the the punk NFTs and things like that. So that's a really interesting point. So one question for you, and this is uh, I'm speaking from experience here, from you know advertising roles, is brand safety. So for example, um, my previous role, we had stopped advertising on YouTube because we couldn't guarantee our ads would be placed within content that was you know a- a- acceptable or safe for work or however you want to present mm. that, but. As we move into the metaverse, there's a lot of anonymous carry on happening. And it, it, how can how can you give confidence to a brand that they're going to be represented in the way that they want to in an environment that is safe for everyone? Is that something you're experiencing conversations at the moment? I mean, what we do is to mostly build branded worlds, right? Uh, that they own how they look completely. I think this is also what makes this very exciting is that uh, it's very rare for brands to own their, their, the, the world around their audience, you know, it's, you know, at the HQ or their retail shops or so, but there is also the opportunity to activate already in, inside already popular games, right? I mean, it's safeguarding, it's always important and you need to make sure that you don't open yourselves up for you know, maybe don't add a wall where anyone can write anything uh, inside of your branded world. You know, leave nice messages here. No, then you're going to get, you know, uh, interneted, which is, you know, like trolls will have fun with it. You're going to get a, what a boaty McBoat face, which is like the classic, right? Uh, when you ask the internet to name something for you, you're not going to get the... That's where my mind jumped straight away, Bodie McBoatface. Yeah, which I think is a great name, by the way. And I think it's, I would have loved... Yeah, that's a perfect name for any boat. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dead right. Uh, I think um, Metaverse, we're in the early early stages of it. And I think for it to be successful they're going to need long-term interest from brands and therefore it's within everyone's interest to ensure it, you know, it's a, it's a safe space for both brands, uh, audience and um, platform owners to, to activate in. You know, we've seen some very, very large brands like Vans, Gucci, Nike partner with Roblox. Yeah. Um, some of them have had more success than others. I think a great example of a very successful Roblox campaign by all accounts was the Nike one because it was built with the audience in mind. And it was very interactive. So it came across as really authentic. So in your mind, you know, of all the brands that you, you might be speaking to in Carta, you know, what's that kind of advice you might give them about, guys, you need to activate authentically? Yeah, I mean, that, that is it, right? And I think, to me, the most successful one is Vans. Uh, I think it's more successful than, than Nike. And I think the, the sort of numbers will end up show, um, showing just that. Right now, obviously, Vance has been around for a long, uh, much longer time, but I've, I think they've had a lot more visitors early days. But the, the main message of, uh, is to be authentic and basically look at the behaviors of the audience, try to understand them, and try to do something that feels authentic. And, and like if you take the Roblox example, what Roblox is about is a, as a platform is that it's a very so- focused on socialization. It's about hanging out. It's about ha- having fun. 
more than it is about you know winning necessarily in these like dynamics that we're quite used to us older gamers and when i started going into the platform i felt that a lot of games la- felt like a, they lacked purpose to me but basically the roblox community doesn't need purpose like their purpose is just uh, casual fun you know it's not about you know because i used i used to play you know um, adventure games or uh, campaigns in call of duty you know it's like getting from a to b and i think uh, roblox games are more free right and uh, you can see the stats when it comes to young people uh, this this open style minecraft uh, sandbox games yeah uh, are by far the most popular uh, where you give a lot of freedom to the players and they can play it in whatever which order uh, they want but yeah i think and i think one campaign that obviously got a lot of attention and was super successful for a bunch of cool numbers uh, you know was the gucci campaign which had you know 20 million visitors and they had uh, you know sold digital items for $900,000 at one point they were the most downvoted game on the Roblox platform of all time all the most downvoted events you know they got up to like 30% upvotes so Roblox has like just like YouTube a thumbs up thumbs down system and basically uh, they had 30% upvotes and you know 70% downvotes something like that and which is a massive you know fail advance uh, on the other hand has 94% upvotes. So it's not like va- like brands immediately get negative feedback from from the audience not at all. But the the Roblox audience did not like the Gucci Garden, which to us boomers on LinkedIn we we probably saw it as a universal success. It it, uh, it had its issues and I think it was because they did not think about the audience there wasn't any fun to be had really there wasn't any it was like a, sh- a museum with a gift shop in layout but on the other hand vans world was just a great skateboarding game and skateboarding games are fun and of course if you're vans it's easy right you're- yeah that's what i cool that's exactly what i was going to ask so for vans it's easy because they probably have access to a gen z audience through the work that they do to build a brand whereas gucci there's probably a massive disconnect between you know your typical gucci customer versus this new world so do you think it was solely down to the world that they built or do you think as a brand they're always going to struggle because they're just such a disconnect like do you think there are any other brands out there that would say hey we want to get into roblox we'll build the best experience in the world but it'll flop because they're just a brand that you know, they're never going to connect with that audience. I think the disconnect with the audience was not the problem at all. Would they have, if they put in a, a fun mini game, a fun setting people up to, to socialize and meet each other and not just walk around and look at things. Cause honestly, and I see this a lot because I think virtual experiences are so new that a lot of people do things that make sense in the real world. Like, Let's make our audience stand somewhere and look at something. It's a crazy thing to ask of a gamer, to stand still and look at something. Like gamers are in constant movement, trying to see what's around the next corner, trying to understand how they can, you know, uh, beat the game or get better or level up. This is a gamer's mindset. In Gucci, you walked around and looked at things. There wasn't actually a, a game to be played. 
it, uh, you know, obviously become boring. And I think there's a lot of music experiences on Roblox that has been a bit like that. And I think it's, it feels completely um, not native to the platform and the behaviors of the audience. If we're in a virtual world and in video games, you want people to get immersed. You know, you can't just like take the concept of an event in the real world and put it into a virtual world and think that it's going to work. You need to, you need to connect the dots, right? So I think when you're going into Roblox, look for the behaviors on the platform. Look for maybe there's a popular mini game that connects with what you do as a brand, right? And basically the Roblox platform is diverse. There might even be a, a big subculture that role plays your industry uh, and recreates what you do as a business, uh, but uh, do it for fun. Because uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff on the Roblox platform, weird ass subcultures that, you know, recreates, you know, realistic uh, surgery operations because they really, in, they want to be, grow up to be doctors or there's a, a group of people that recreate Michael Jackson concerts from the 80s perfectly in Roblox. One hour, one and a half hour long concerts they, with all the dance moves and the lighting and the, and the scenery on the stage. It's, it's, a, it's a weird, funny and interesting place. And uh, yeah, try to, yeah, try to understand your audience and try to connect your messaging with something that feels native, right? And the behavior. So, and make it better, make people have more fun. Cause I think, you know, Vans made a skateboard game that arguably was the best one on the platform. And uh, it was clean looking, cool. But I, I'm actually excited to see how Nike, um, uh, yeah, if it takes, because it, it hasn't got the same sort of uh, push as, as Vans did. And maybe that's because a lot of brands have been coming in. So, And also, I'm a bit unsure about the format of uh, Nike Land, which is quite confusing. And um, not as straightforward as the sort of van skating world, uh, but let's let's see uh, what what will be the most successful. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're, you're bringing a lot of value here, you know, for any any brands that are listening because it's so so easy to fall into the traps. You don't understand the world. You're happy to put money into it, and it it doesn't work because you're not thinking about the mindset. So what you brought there around the mindset of a gamer that's constantly moving and constantly trying to achieve something, level up, XP, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You need to fully understand not just the audience and the demographic, but just actually their mindset. I think that's a that's a key um a key point. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to pull that out as a little uh, a little snippet from from this for sure. From from a Cardiff perspective, from an Eric perspective, is there anything you want to leave the audience with um in terms of your business? I mean, uh, so much. Uh, I mean, the, the opportunities are are there. There's so many ways to uh, move into this world. You have, uh, you can reach a mass audience, young mass audience for Roblox, Fortnite, Counter Strike, and I'm sure there will be more platforms that will open up to brands to activate within. And uh, then you have, yeah, the Web Three. You have this new uh, decentralized. Uh, virtual worlds that are also exciting you know we've seen the sandbox the central land where yeah adidas just announced that they bought a massive plot of land in the central land and and what you get there is an affluent crypto audience and a more luxury focused audience so it's it's a much smaller audience but they're quite wealthy and so there's interesting audiences to reach and there's a lot of fun ways to figure it out because it's so early days you can be the first one in your country to do things still, you know? Like you can still be the first uh, 
brand to do an activation in your country that still exists in a few of the you know european countries still and and these platforms you can create so many different experiences and tell so many stories so so it's a super exciting medium and and yeah get in touch if you're interested about learning more about what's possible so eric thanks mill for the conversation i know it's taken us a few weeks to get here but um that was a really insightful and, and interesting chat and um we'll be chatting again soon i'm sure Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was cool. Thank you.